What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. Welcome back to another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. Super excited to be in here uh, with you guys today in the studio recording. Uh, a lot of things have happened. Uh, for those of you, uh, I will take you back to your college days if you were able to uh, go to college and, and uh, you know, your, your school days, right, and uh, finals and testing and things. And you want to know something? I've been in that, that grind for about the last week. Uh, I haven't, uh, I was able to study a lot and, uh, get the grades that I desired. I have to maintain a, a certain GPA because of, uh, the academic, uh, scholarship that I'm on. And so I had to study my butt off. So super excited to be here. This will be a little break from all of my studying and I am actually able to, uh, talk a little bit about football. So let's get into it. It's going to be a giant like stretch or a yawn. It's going to feel so good to be talking about it. So let's get into it. Uh, this last weekend, we had the FCS playoffs. Uh, last week, uh, we went six and eight. Uh, I, uh, I did say there were the three big games, right? I thought JMU would be a really good game. I thought the Sacramento State would be a really good game, and I and then I had the Illinois State. Uh, I did not. Uh, I was surprised when um, Illinois State. I guess I wasn't surprised, but they were able to get the win. Uh, I was surprised that Austin P played as well as they did on the road. Uh, we'll get a little bit into that uh, in just in a, in a little bit, a little bit later, and and then also. Uh, the JMU game really surprised me. A really entertaining first half. Uh, Saturday was kind of a crazy day. I was streaming a lot of it. Helped my friend uh, propose to his wife. So uh, we had a couple things going on there. So for today's podcast, we're going to go through uh, the biggest storylines. Uh, we're going to break it down. We'll release, you know, our top performers. Uh, give them some uh, kudos, and then break it down for the next week of games. Right? What are we looking at? What are we going to be doing? All right. So, uh, last week, like I said, we went six and eight and here are some of the scores. If, if you guys don't follow the FCS or you, uh, just want a really quick refresher, here we go. Uh, James Madison beat Monmouth by a score of 66 to 21. Uh, you and I upset South Dakota state by a score of 13 to 10. Uh, Montana state beats Albany by a score of 47 to 21. Illinois State beat Central Arkansas 24 to 14. Weaver State took on Kennesaw State and won 26 to 20. Montana put up 73 points, which is, I believe, the third or fourth or fourth highest in uh, their school history. So congratulations to them and uh, beat Southeast Louisiana 73 to 28. And then North Dakota State took on uh, Nichols in the Fargo Dome. They won 37 to 13. Uh, sorry, not Nichols, North Dakota State, if that wasn't clear. And then uh, Sacramento Falls to Austin P, 28 to 42, uh, made it a little bit uh, interesting uh, right at the end, but Austin P was able to hang on. So, number one, I want to give a big shout out. Um, I have not uh, given the respect to Austin P that I should have. And I understand, uh, their coach. I thought, you know, I thought Mark Hutspeth was a great hire. Uh, I thought I was like, you know what, this guy, he was at Louisiana. Uh, he went like three or four seasons with nine wins, uh, at Louisiana Lafayette. And, you know, he had a couple of bad seasons and, and now, 
you know, he gets moved and he gets hired here. Uh, Austin P at one point had like 29 uh, game losing streak. So uh, to put that into context, you know, most teams play about 11 uh, to 12 games a year. So it had been, you know, a year and a, well, two and a half years since they had previously won. Uh, they broke that streak. And then, you know, Mark Hudson gets in and completely rewrites the script on the governors of Austin P. And I thought that they were going to be good this year. I thought that they would be battling uh, in the Ohio Valley with Jacksonville State, with Southeast Missouri, and with UT Martin. Uh, but I didn't give them the respect that they deserve. And these guys deserve some massive props. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but the amount of time that they spent traveling is is absolutely ridiculous ridiculous and then to come out as fresh and look and do the things that they were able to do against sacramento state uh was absolutely amazing very very pr uh proud of them and, and and what they were able to accomplish and then uh the next big one was you and i they went to brookings they were able to get the win and i think they had a lot i think a lot of things went their way in that game number one i mean south dakota state has been uh, plagued with a lot of injuries this season i, I guess everybody has injuries it's just the amount of injuries and whom uh, those injuries are occurring to that you're that you really key in and start watching but you and I was able to do it uh, we were able to I mean it was it was great to watch them and perform uh, I was able to watch about 90% uh, of that game so uh, it was a defensive battle uh, I think like I said a few things played into it South Dakota State injuries and then the weather the weather I mean it was cold in South Dakota uh, I believe that I mean you could tell on the camera I don't I don't remember hearing the temperature of the game uh, per se, or, or maybe I missed that part, but it looks relatively clear, which I think if it would have got into, you know, uh, snow or a big storm would have came. I, I don't know how well you and I would have played uh, outside of the dome. Uh, I believe that dome really kind of just, you know, insulates them and gives them the power that they need. Uh, really excited to watch how they perform this next weekend uh, in Virginia against James Madison. So, uh, We'll go through that in a little bit, but you know what? Some mad respect for Austin P and you and I, and then finally Illinois State. Uh, their running back, I think, it's very clear on what they want to do and what they're and why they want to do it the way they do. I mean, this kid, he's absolutely amazing. He's running through everybody. Uh, when I was able to watch, I was like, "Holy cow! Like this is really impressive." And Anyway, I was I was really impressed overall with uh, this team and uh, the ability that they were able to score at the ease that they were able to score. Uh, very impressed overall with uh, Illinois State going to uh, Central Arkansas on the stripes and getting the win. Uh, a lot of people kind of thought that Central Arkansas shouldn't have been a seed, that you and I should have been a seed. I had you and I as a seed. Uh and I didn't, and I didn't have South Dakota State as a seed, uh, so kind of interesting how things uh, all kind of played out eventually. But you know what? You and I are still fighting, still playing really good football, and they they have a big game this next week. So the players of the week that we had, I guess it's players, and then. Uh, on the defensive side, we'll go into that. But James Robinson for Illinois State really impressed me. I mean, everybody uh, has told me, you know, this kid's legit, you know, next level talent, you need to watch him. And what happens is, you know, the, in 
as a running back, it's probably the hardest position, in my opinion, to play. Number one, you get hit more than anybody. Number two, you're required to do pretty much everything. Uh, now, at what level, it depends on the coach and, and everything, but you know what? You have to run the ball. Uh, this last week, he ran the ball. Let me make sure. Uh, 37 times. So he got hit 37 times. Well, maybe not every single time he busted a couple long ones, but you know, he takes these brutal hits from these guys that are, you know, bigger than him, 300 pound, 350 pound dudes that, that just take him out. Everyone's coming for you and you're running for your life. Number two, you have to receive, you got to be able to, to be a back that can, you know, catch the bubble screens or you got to be able to do that. You got to be able to block because you got to provide that, that protection for uh, the quarterback. And then, Sometimes you're even called upon to do some kind of trick play pass. So the running back has to be a jack of all trades. He has to be able to do everything and anything. And it is really difficult. So props to him and what he was able to accomplish. But it really looks at this Illinois State staff. They know what they're going to do and why they're going to do it. And that's just what's going to, to happen. Uh, I feel like they've been able to embrace that with, I mean, obviously uh, injury to their quarterback and stuff earlier in the season. But uh, last week he rushed for 37 or 37 times for 210 yards and two touchdowns. So to put this into context, uh, he is number two in the F. CS, which you're like, wow, why are we talking about the second guy? Uh, Pete Guerrero is number one. He's out of Monmouth. He's an absolute monster as well, uh, putting up big numbers there at, at Monmouth. But so he's he'd be uh, so he's second in the FCS in stats. He has uh, 1,823 yards rushing and 18 TDs. So he's uh, I mean, if he has another game that he that he had uh, against. Uh, let me make sure. Yeah, Central Arkansas. Sorry. Uh, if he has another big game like he does did against Central Arkansas, he's going to be really close to that 2K mark, which is absolutely incredible for a running back to get in today's age because of the spread, because of you know the way uh, things are right now. But he's uh, he's 18 touchdowns. That's a ton of touchdowns that he's been able to generate uh, just off of rushing. And then he, if you were able to put him, if you just took him out of the FCS and you put him in the FBS, he would be fourth. He's behind Chuba Hubbard, which is the, the running back for Oklahoma State, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin, and J.K. Dobbins uh, at Ohio State. So he'd be fourth in the FBS. So, you know, when, when people say like, oh, well, you know, you went to FCS, when people are making the decision between the you know, an FBS team that you might just be walking on or getting a scholarship at an FCS school. The FCS has a ton of athletes. You look at somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he played at Eastern Illinois and Look what he's doing for the San Francisco Nightmares. I'm pretty sure James Robinson, you put him on any NFL team. Uh, I know, for example, my Buccaneers, I'm a Buccaneers fan. We would love to have somebody that could that could provide that amount of uh, rushing yards. I mean, we haven't had a back like that in forever. So you need to start looking at that. This kid is going to be next level talent. I'm excited to see where what he does. Hopefully he can make it to the NFL and uh We'll be able to be calling his name later. I'm per, I'm almost sure of it. So he was our offensive player of the week. The second, uh, you would say defensive player, but I was really impressed with the defense, and not just because of bias, but because of what they're able to accomplish. And that was Weber State uh, defense. They held uh, Kennesaw State to 308 yards. Uh, they were only 38 percent on uh, third down, and on fourth down they were three of five, so just above. Uh, 50%, that would be around like, what, 60%, we'll say, ish. On fourth down, they only had two touchdowns. And you got to understand, Kennesaw State is the 
the hardest team to prepare for. Uh, I mean, Sacramento State and Cal Poly run something similar, but the speed at which Kenesha does it and the strength of those players and their defense, I mean, when you put two teams that go against each other, it's going to be a low-scoring affair, and then you're going to pound the ball. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. I was really impressed with the Weber State defense. Uh, number one, they uh, were able to stay on. They were able to force Kenesha State Towards the end, in the fourth quarter, if you really look, I mean, a lot of the stats came from the first three quarters, but in the fourth quarter specifically, Kennesaw State had the ball for a long time, and they didn't move the ball. Uh, you know, they'd punt the ball away. Weaver State would, you know, do their thing on offense, and then they'd punt the ball away. And then it was like, okay, Kennesaw always has the opportunity just to grind the clock, grind the clock. But Weaver State came up big, ended up getting a sack uh, to to finish the game on fourth down. They got a sack on third down, uh, that fourth to the fourth down. So I was really impressed with this Weaver State defense. And I say that because, again, you cannot replicate what Kanisha State does. You can get a, a scout team or a practice team to go out there and do things and throw the ball. Anybody can throw the ball, but to run uh, the speed and precision that Kanisha State does, I was really impressed that Weber State was able to do that. Still had a couple of bumps. They still busted a couple of runs on them, but overall, a really good showing for Weber State and, and a really good test of where they're at uh, in order to get, well, to get ready for this week as well. They were able to look uh, to evaluate some holes and stuff like that. Not saying that um, the other, the other teams weren't as competitive, but Kennesaw state, I really feel like exposes every one of your weaknesses. So now that the coaches see that, I mean, the other team is obviously seeing that, but the coaches see that they can make the adjustments and, and, uh, and the things, I guess there's the adjustments necessary to, uh, to take down that. So kind of a, kind of an interesting little, um, uh, tidbit there those are our offensive player of the week and obviously the defense of the week uh went really really well i'm excited to to uh watch what happens this next week we have a lot of good matchups uh as the fcs rolls along i mean uh kind of crazy we'll, we'll we'll break down each and every game uh, after the break uh what we see why we feel the way we do and then we'll actually release our scores we've been releasing them on twitter uh but i'm going to release it here in the podcast so you guys know what i'm thinking uh going forward without having to explain so much on twitter so uh after the break stay with us guys and uh after the yeah, after that break, we will be breaking down each individual game, uh, the keys of the game, uh, what each individual team has to do, and uh, we'll see. We'll go from there. So stay tuned and let's keep this ball rolling. Thank you, Anchor, for providing that wonderful ad break. Okay, so now let's break it down. We're going to break down the games, the playoff games uh, for this weekend. Kind of a weird format. Uh, I believe this is the first time it's ever been like this. We have three games on Friday night and one on Saturday. Now, I don't understand why. Uh, I know we have the Army and Navy game that will be coming up really quick. I, and I, I don't really know why they would uh, schedule three on Friday, maybe just for uh, exposure, but I feel like two and two would make sense. And uh, the games that we're going to break down, I can see why some of these teams might be a little uh, angry. For those of you who don't know or have never been a part of college athletics, the traveling 
uh, of college athletics is really difficult. And I want to, I can explain it from my point of view and how we do it. Uh, a lot of times we're leaving really early in the morning uh, and we're, or we're getting there. I wouldn't say late at night, but after classes, you know, we leave uh, St. George and we go up to Northern Utah, whether that be Salt Lake, Provo, Ogden, Logan, whatever it is, we, we, we go up there. Right. But when we're, when we're flying, we're waking up uh, last year, we had a race in Denver and in order to get there or the flight that made the most sense for the most amount of people that would be able to get everybody on uh was a flight out of Las Vegas and I remember we left St. George I believe we had to be at the buses at four in the morning now you're like oh well you know you're on the buses uh you drive down to Vegas it's a you know two hour drive from St. George so you kind of get two hours of sleep and then you're in the airport and you can f sleep on the plane and it's true but it really does kind of throw a wrench in the plans uh and but we we're there an entire day before we were able to go to sleep uh, get you know get in bed as early as we wanted that night and then after we ate dinner you know dinner around five o'clock and then you know go to bed and, and it was kind of just uh lights out by you know eight nine o'clock at night <clears throat> so the travel <clears throat> portion is really hard to do as a collegiate athlete now i and that's just from you know saint george utah or if you want to take it you know traveling from uh from St. George or Las Vegas, right, flying to Denver, and that's just a small cross-country team. So I can only imagine what it would be like for our for a football team. I know I've heard uh, of our football team having to to drive a certain distance, you know, drive to Denver, and then from Denver they fly, or you know, drive to Las Vegas from Denver they fly, and then they drive up to South Dakota. Kind of a crazy little situation as we're getting into, you know, like uh, Cedar Falls, Idaho, I uh, Iowa. Sorry, not Idaho. It's kind of a long ways from Virginia. I don't know what kind of airport they fly out of. I don't know where they're what they have to travel to, to get there if they're taking buses or whatever, but it's a long flight or drive. And then same thing, Clarksville, Tennessee to Sacramento, a really long, uh, strenuous journey to get there and then to be all messed up. I mean, I know, I believe they fly in the night before they fly in like Thursday night. So they have all day Friday to prepare for it. And then you got, uh, you know, play, play the game Saturday and sometimes Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, depending on whatever. But you know what? The travel really quests, really stresses uh, the, these college athletes. And so I was really surprised that Austin P was able to go on the road and beat Sacramento state. I thought that the, the line was going to be really even. I believe I only had Sacramento state by four points last week. So in my opinion, I was like, okay, this, this is what's going to happen. But Austin P proved me wrong. So what's going to happen this week? All right. So the first game, uh, I just want to give you guys some context as we, as we get into this, how hard it really is on your body. And these guys are athletes. They know, I mean, I knew what I had to do to go, you know, run a 10 K at, at, at elevation and in, in the in the weather that we are going to be put against, but overall, you know, it's going out and doing it. It's really two different things. You know, if it, if it's played at home, it might be a completely different game. Uh, if Sacramento State goes to Austin P or, or or vice versa, or if James Madison goes to Northern Iowa, totally different game. So it definitely gives you somewhat of an advantage. Okay, so now let's break it down. So the first game of the day, well, I guess night, will be the James Madison uh, versus the UNI Panthers. Kind of crazy uh, matchup here. I'm excited to watch it. James Madison put up some serious numbers uh 
I think they showed why they want they were number two seed, right? They struggled, not struggled, I guess wasn't the word. They had a couple unfortunate errors or miscues. Monmouth bus, you know, like an eighty yard run the first play of the game, and then uh, they return uh, a touchdown back, a kickoff return for a touchdown. So I mean, James Madison played really, really well. I don't think it's going to be the same uh, this week as as we roll around. I thought Monmouth would give a little bit uh, more of a game, but for me, I think I think that is going to it will be a good game. I want to be taking uh, James Madison in this game, but we'll let's break it down. So at home, James Madison has scored five hundred and seventy three points, which is absolutely absurd. That is an incredible amount of points. They're one of the best offenses in the league, uh, in the in really in FB, FCS, and uh, they really just put up some serious numbers. They average about 44 points at home, and they hold their opponents at around 13. And and this is true because in their biggest games uh, this year, or the ones that you were like, okay, what's going to happen? The Stony Brook game, it was on the road at Stony Brook, and they were able to pull out the win, right? So at home, they play extremely well, which is good for them. They got the second seed, so they're basically going to be playing at home uh, the entire time until they get to Frisco. But uh, they're scoring about 44. Now, I, Northern Iowa has only scored 133 points uh, on the road this season. Now, their offense isn't as powerful. They like to grind it out. They, ha- they have some serious talent. I'm not denying that. And I'm excited to watch uh, what will happen uh, in this game with, you know, James Madison uh, versus uh, Northern Iowa, high-powered offense against a really, really good defense. So on the road, Northern Iowa averages about 19 points a game, and uh, their opponents have outscored them uh, 24 points. So they're getting outscored by about five points a game, and that's why I have chosen the numbers that I have. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, obviously, James Madison. I want to take James Madison by a score of 38 to uh, 31. Now, the line right now is minus 13. Uh, I think that it is a fair line with what happened uh this last week, I think Vegas is is kind of overestimating uh, the power of James Madison. Now, they can get blown out. I've seen Northern Iowa get blown out, but this is the playoffs. Uh, both teams have been here before. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It's a quarterfinal game. 13 points really is kind of a ridiculous line, in my opinion. Uh, just because UNI wasn't seeded does not mean that they're not uh, a good football team. And it all, it all is about momentum. And Northern Iowa of late has been playing really Really, really good football, as is James Madison, but I think that that boosts you uh, a little bit. On the road is definitely going to be tough. I think it will be competitive through half. I expect around the third quarter for the Dukes to make a, a move, and uh, we'll see uh, how well you and I does. In my opinion, I think you and I needs to slow the ball down. Go to that run game and just run and run and and dink and dunk passes. I don't know if I would want to go super over the top. Obviously, uh, James Madison held Pete Guerrero in check a little bit, but I just run. 
take the air out of the ball. This James Madison offense can score ridiculously fast. We saw it with Army and uh, Michigan. Michigan, you know, was by far a better team than Army, but Army was able to play in that game because they took the air out of the ball because they go on long, sustained drives, 10 minutes or more. If you and I wins the time of possession battle, they have a shot to win it. I'm really excited to watch this game. I'll actually, uh, I'll probably see the first little bit and then uh, I'll be on my way up to the Weaver State Montana game but uh really excited to see how this all kind of uh crumbles down right how the cookie crumbles on this because i'm really excited to see uh this matchup but again i'll be taking james madison by a score of 38 to 31 okay friday at uh, 8 Eastern time, we have the Montana State Bobcats taking on the Austin P Governors. Uh, so we'll do the same thing. So Montana at home right now is averaging about 43 uh, points a game and holding their opponents to about 21 points a game. So they're outscoring them quite a bit. Uh, like most teams, you play your 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 best games at home. And uh, they don't have the, you know, like on the road, uh, you take uh, into account Iowa, or Northern Iowa, they played Weaver state and they played iowa state on the road so uh obviously they didn't score as many points against you know a better team so uh, we'll see going forward with this but uh and then Austin P on the road is averaging about 36 and a half points. Uh, so you can round that up to 37 points and their opponents are holding them in check to about 22. And I was really critical of Austin P and, uh, their loss to Tennessee State. Now, here is a fun fact for you. Uh, Austin P going into the game. Now, this is including the trip to and from Sacramento and then the trip to uh, Bozeman. They've traveled a total of 6,202 miles. That is absolutely insane. And that doesn't even count the trip back to Clarksville. That's from university to university. And so that's not even traveling around town or going out to eat or whatever. And then, uh, you know, traveling back and then going up to Bozeman. Uh, I think I think Austin P in this situation, uh, I like Montana State. I think it's all about momentum. I think these two teams are the two, one, two of the hottest teams right now in the FCS as far as momentum goes. Uh, Montana State, obviously, blowing out the rival Montana, who was a really good football team, and then having... The game that they had last week against Albany, I I don't think I can take uh, the I don't think I can go against the Bobcats here. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a, I'm going to be taking Montana State forty to thirty eight uh, two point game. I think it's going to come down to it. Uh, really personally, who has the ball last? I think uh, both of these offenses are high powered offenses. Extremely excited to watch uh, that game. I'll be streaming that uh, while I'm at the Weaver game. So at 10 Eastern on Friday, we have Weaver State versus Montana. Uh, oh, and in the Montana Mon- uh, Montana State game, uh, Montana State is favored by seven. Vegas has them as a seven point favorite. So the Weaver game, uh, Weaver is a one point favorite. So uh, I've had a, a sports better explain it to me that you get three points basically for just having home field advantage, right? So what Vegas is saying is that Weber is going to win by two, right? You know, you, you get three points for just having that home field, you know, sleeping in your own bed, 
that that's equivalent to like three points. Uh, Weber has definitely outscored uh, Montana, obviously home versus away to 244 points, 153 away Montana points. Weber's averaging around 35 points at home and holding their opponents to 20 points while Montana State is averaging 26 points on the road and uh, being outscored 32 points. Now, Montana's stats a little uh, messed up because they did lose to Oregon 38 uh, to three, and that was a uh, an away game. If we take that out, I'm sure uh, their opponents would go down a little bit. But ne- needless to say, they've been outscored by their opponents. Um, I think this last week Montana was pissed. I think that they felt that they got snubbed a little bit in the polls <clears throat> by going in as the number six seed, having beat Weber State, having uh, beat Monmouth, who was a playoff team, and having really just had a really amazing season. Now, they did have a couple of losses in there along the way, which makes sense. I, I fully agree with what the committee did, putting them at six, but I think they came out pissed and they showed it uh, against Southeast Louisiana, and it will be really interesting to see uh, how this game shakes out. I think everybody and their dog knows that this is the biggest game. Cat, animal, whatever. Right? This is the biggest game. Of, of, of the week. And I think most people are going to be tuning into this game. It will be aired. It will be streamed on and uh, live on ESPN too, because it's going to be so such a close game. Now, a few things about that uh, right now, Weaver state, they had a really grueling test this last week, but that does not mean for a defensive coach like Jay Hill. Uh, it does not, that's not a bad thing for your, your team. He actually has said that multiple times. Um, I want my team to to have that uh, that adversity, right? So right now, the weather forecast, we're going to be pulling it up in Ogden, Utah, starting on Friday night. It looks like it's going to be a rain and snow mix. Uh, high of 38. Looks like it's only going to be about 50% chance of snow. Uh, but... On Thursday, it's going to be a rain-snow mix in Ogden, about 90% chance of precipitation, which up on the mountain, it will they'll be getting snow down in the valleys. They won't. Uh, so it's really hitting the northern mountains. Kind of a kind of an interesting uh, little uh, tidbit. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Weaver State Stadium, but Stewart Stadium sits up on the hills. It's at the foothills of uh, the beautiful Rocky Mountains, and it's going to be snowing up there. And not that Montana isn't prepared for the snow or anything, but it's a different animal playing in the snow at home and then playing in the snow on the road. I like both of these teams. I really wish, you know, you didn't have to pick a winner in this situation, really with all of these teams that are left. But I think it's going to come down to defense. And uh, Weber State's offense right now is 77th, but their defense is 25th. Montana's 16th offense, defense 89th. So the production is going to be, can Weber State slow down Montana's offense, and can Weber State's offense produce enough against this you know, inferior defense, right? For me, defense wins championships. It's not just a cliche. It's not, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships. We're fighting for a national championship right now. Uh, Weber State is, and I don't think they're looking forward to 
any other game. I, I don't think they're looking past it to, you know, prepare for James Madison or anything. I think they're going to go in. They're going to take care of business. I think it's going to be a low scoring affair. Uh, it will be the lowest scoring uh, of the of the weekend. I'm going to go uh, Weaver 27, Montana 24 with a slight edge. I'll give that three point home field advantage. I'm taking Weaver and the points. So watch out. I think it's going to be a great weekend. Alrighty, and then finally, we're going to have our game Saturday at noon Eastern time. Uh, North Dakota State versus Illinois State. Uh, North Dakota State's favored by 23, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, this this year, uh, they played each other just like Montana and Weaver State. And uh, North Dakota beat Illinois State in normal Illinois, 3-37. to I was really uh, kind of taken aback. That's when I kind of jumped off the Redbird bandwagon, but I need to get back on. Uh, I think this is going to come down to how can they stop the run. Illinois State is going to tell you exactly what they're going to do, and they're not going to have any... They don't care if you know what they're going to do or what they're not going to do. Now, Illinois State has averaged about 20 points on the road, uh, and North Dakota has held their opponents to 12 points at home. Now, North Dakota looked a little vulnerable in the first half against Nickel State. Uh, I think this game is going to be a really interesting matchup in the Missouri Valley. I'm going to be taking North Dakota State. Uh, Not the points, though. I think uh, North Dakota State does not win by 23 uh, North Dakota State 31, Illinois State 24. Again, it's going to come down to how well can Illinois State run the ball. They have a great offensive line. They have an amazing running back. And can they create enough uh, diversion with the run to go over top, play action, and throw the deep ball? That's what it's going to come down to. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch that game. I'll definitely be watching it in the uh, the cozy confines of my home, you know. But uh, excited to see what happens. I really, you know, Illinois State, they've been on the road for three weeks now. Uh, they are, they're 2-0 and right now on the road since the playoffs started, I don't have, I don't know. I just don't think that North Dakota state, I, I, North Dakota state needs to get challenged. Uh, I think they will be challenged by them, but I don't think it will be until the next week till we really see uh, what's going on uh, with them, whether they play Austin P or Montana state. We will see. Alrighty. So that has been our edition of get the ball rolling in the quarterfinal matchups. I'm excited uh, to share this opportunity with you guys and overall just have an amazing experience. So, uh, Uh, Keep us uh, in mind. We'll definitely be posting on our social media while we are at the Weber State Montana game. Uh, Hopefully we can get a couple of interviews uh, before and after. I'll let you guys in, do some sourcing uh, for you guys and overall how I felt at the about the game and everything that goes on. Alrighty. So until next time, uh, next time that I do this, I will probably be in the great state of Washington talking about the semifinals, the FCS semifinals, excited. Uh, is where I'm going up for Christmas. So we'll be on the road traveling, uh, excited to, to be here with you guys and share that experience with you. So until next time, keep the ball rolling.